Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. God that we have the opportunity to come serve him in spirit and truth. We welcome those who are listening around the world to the Walk of Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace, and more importantly, we want you to walk in truth. We hope that you hear something today to which you may ask the age-old question, what must I do to be saved? So sit back, relax, get your coffee, tea, or milk, and come join us as we celebrate the Lord together. Amen. Amen. This is a special month for us. This is our anniversary month. And we just thank God that we can come celebrate our anniversary of seven years of being together and striving together in the Lord. Amen. 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 We had some come get on and we had some get off, but we still stayed together. Amen. And God has been good to us. Yes. Because we didn't look back, we moved forward. Amen. So we just thank God for all the supporters that have supported us over the years, those who we haven't met yet and those that are coming in. We thank you. We, 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 we appreciate you. And we hope that you continue to stay with us as long as you need to. Amen. Amen. Because this is a free space. This is a safe space. Amen. And this is a space where we worship God in spirit and in truth. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to get started. It's going to be a little different today because we're going to let the people speak. Amen. And uh, if we got time, then you'll get a word from God. But you hear God out of the people. It always doesn't have to come from the pastor. It can come from the people. Amen. Because the people are God's people too. Y'all didn't know. You belong to God. Amen. So sometimes God, people need to speak. And I think this is an appropriate time for those who want to have something to say, a poem or something that touched their heart, uh, something they want to say about walking truth. They can. They can come forward and say something. So let's pray. Oh, Grace Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for the opportunity to come worship you in spirit and truth, Lord. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you sent back to all saints who believe. Lord, continue to guide us and watch over us and be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, as we walk through this world, Lord, we walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, let us hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in the world today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 So first we're going to bring up Minister K. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for praise. Amen. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Yeah, I had to figure out how to get around here, you know, we have to maneuver a little bit. Well, first of all, I just want to thank God for being in this house today. Amen. Because, you know, we're doing something a little different today, but it, it's going to really enrich each and every one of us. Because all of us have a part in it. That's one thing I like about this body of Christ. Right. We all have a part Amen. to do in the body of Christ. And in this body, we do what we do, right? Amen. Amen. You know, I am mean, so, you know, I, Pastor said we only got three minutes. Y'all know I don't know how to time myself, so I'm going move, to move kind of expedient, as they say. Okay. But, you know, I just, want, I just wanted to get up, and I just wanted to thank God, and I just want to encourage you all and lift you up on today, because this is truly the day that the Lord has made, yeah. and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. So, you know, I just want to just welcome uh, anybody that's here that is new, like I see one of our, our um, oh, I can't even think, members, 
Perrin is here, and we just want to show her some love on the day. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. It is truly good to have a, a new face in here because, you know, this is how we, this is us. Yeah. This is how we yeah. Hey, hey, no shame in our game. We just get up here and we crow like we crow and we welcome you. We we try to show you as much love as possible because that's what we built on, nothing but love. Amen. Okay, walking truth. I got something for y'all today. And it's out of it's out of this um Jesus Calling book. And it kind of touched me early in the week. And I had put my name on it, but I'm gonna put our name on it. How y'all like that? Yeah. Okay, and it reads Walking Truth. Come to me for understanding, since I know you far better than you know yourself. Come on. <laughs> I comprehend you in all your complexity. No detail of your life is hidden from me. I view you through eyes of grace, so don't be afraid of my intimate awareness. Allow the light of my, my healing presence to shine into the deepest recesses of your being, cleansing, healing, refreshing, and renewing you. Trust me enough to accept the full forgiveness that I offer you continually. This gift, this great gift which cost me my life is yours for all eternity. Mm. Forgiveness is at the very core of my abiding presence. I will never leave you or forsake you. When no one else seems to understand you, simply draw closer to me. Rejoice in the one who understands you completely and loves you perfectly. As I fill you with my love, you become a reservoir of love, overflowing into the lives of other people. So ain't that something? Walking truth? Yeah. Something great about us? Yeah. That we are a reservoir, overflowing, to give to other people. That's why I have to say, I give, God bless us with our gift. And the more he blesses us with our gifts, Guess what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to share. We're supposed to give it away. And the more we give it away, he keeps on filling us right back up. And that's what it's all about. The gifts that we have is to share so others can grow also in Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 Next up, I'm going to bring, bring our own lovebird. Uh, I call her Mama Bear. <laughs> Sister Stacy. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Walking Truth. Good morning. Good morning. And to those that are listening all around the world. Um, today I just um, have a little something that I want to share with you that helped me out this week. Um, something that, about dealing with disappointment. Mm. We know that in this life we do have disappointment <coughs> because things do not always go our way. They don't go as planned but we still know that we have to put our trust in God. Amen. And it's a devotional that I found, and it reads, our mighty, <clears throat> our mighty, steady, constant God is the anchor to your soul, an anchor that keeps you stable when the sea rages and the storm pounds relentlessly. This anchor provides hope that you won't be lost or overtaken by the waters. Having it will keep you afloat until the storm passes. God has always been there for you is there for you now and will always be there for you. It's his nature and his character. You can trust him with the messiest, darkest, most painful seasons. He is your father and he is for you, for you like no one else can be. What this means for you is that in your disappointment, your trust in him doesn't have to waver. 
Your circumstances might be shaky or concerning like the drought brought on by intense heat, but that doesn't change who God is. Your situation might be uncertain, but don't let that lead you to be uncertain about God. Amen. Through confidence in the Father, plant roots deep in him. Sit in his beautiful presence. Gather up his words as water for your soul and have faith that he is with you. Allow his provision in the, in the drought to keep you vibrant and healthy. Unless you can steady in your storm, you'll waver in your faith. Don't throw away that trust. Hold on to it for dear life and don't let go. And the scripture that goes with that is Jeremiah 17, starting at verse 7, and it reads, Blessed is the man who trusts in, in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out his roots by the stream and does not fear when he comes. For his leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. <clears throat> so remember, in your disappointment, God is still there with you. So don't let the um, don't let the trust, don't let your trust in him waver based on your circumstances. And remember, always allow his presence and his provision to keep you and sustain you. Thank Amen. You. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. This is Sister Carol. Amen. And I just have an observation, and it says something about that name, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> something about that name, Jesus. See, it's okay to have friends, and I got two I can call on and talk to if I'm having a problem or an issue, but it's something about that name, Jesus. You can go to him, and you ain't got to worry about being talked about. You ain't got to worry about hearing the situation no more or anything, because he going to take care of it. It's something about that name, Jesus, that resides within my soul. Make me know without a doubt that name is purer than gold. Amen. <laughs> How I love that name that God gave us. That's why I truly know God love is for all of us. Amen. All of us. Amen. And yes, there is no doubt. Okay. There's something about that name, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. It is the sweetest name I know. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> and in Philippians, it says every knee shall bow uh -huh. and every tongue shall confess. Uh -huh. We can't forget where we come from because God has brought me from a mighty long ways. Amen. A mighty long ways. See, I could have been dead and in my grave. I could have been out here on the streets, on drugs. I could have been homeless. I could have been without food, no clothes, but God. Come on, but God. But God. But God. That's why the name of Jesus is pure than gold. Amen. Amen. Good morning. My name is Sister Jackie. Amen. Amen. And 
Carolyn was talking about where she could have been and all the things that could have happened to her. So she sounds she like she's just awfully thankful. Okay? Yes. So that's where I'm coming from this morning. Um, and what I have is off of Facebook. <laughs> um, but it's something that's going to make you think how blessed, how grateful we should be, and how God has taken care of us this far. Amen. Okay? So, um, it, the scene is, it's a filling station, and the gas price is like 460 something okay? So, that's the, that's the background. So, here we go. It says, so today, I stopped and filled my car, and I was thankful. Mm. Thankful that I have a car. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thankful yeah. I have the money to buy the gas. Yes. Thankful that there are no war planes flying over me. Thankful that I will be eating soon. Thankful that all of my loved ones are safe and sound. Thankful that I will live in that I live in a country where I have the freedom to do so many things. Thankful that the air I breathe is not filled with smoke and gunpowder. Thank you. Thankful that I will sleep in silence and wake up to a beautiful day. I think it's time that we all be a lot more thankful and definitely a lot more grateful for where we are and how God has blessed us. So think about that when you're going to the grocery store, you're filling your car up, yes, yes. just crossing the street. Just think mm -hmm. about how thankful that we should be because God has kept us and he has protected us thus far. And just give him praise and say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, everyone. My name is Joyce. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to read a letter something that I thought was very interesting. And it might apply to some of us, or all of us. It's about the cold within. And it reads, six humans trapped by happenstance in black and bitter cold. Each one possessed a stick of wood, or so the story's told. The dying fire in need of law, the first woman held hers back. For on the faces around the fire, she noticed one was black. Mm. The next man looking across the way saw one knot of his church mm. and couldn't bring himself to give the fire his stick of birth. Mm. <coughs> Third man sat in tattered clothes. He gave his coat a hit. Why should his laws be put to you to warm the idle rich? The rich man just sat back and thought of the wealth he had in store and how to keep what he had earned from the lazy poor. Mm. The black man's face bespoke revenge as the fire passed from his sight. 
But all he saw in his sticker wood was a chance to spite the white. Mm. And the last man of this forlorn group did not accept for game. Given only to those who gave was how he played the game. Mm. <laughs> the laws had tight and deaf steel hands was proof of human sin. They didn't die from the cold without. They died from the cold within. Amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hey everybody, my name is Travis. I wrote a poem. I titled it Grace and Mercy. Okay. I don't know a lot, but I know that you're working. I don't know a lot, but I know that you're worthy. I don't know a lot, but your love it secures me. I don't know a lot, and at times it gets blurry. I don't know a lot, but I know you're deserving. I don't know a lot, but your foundation is sturdy. I don't know a lot, so your word I'll hold firmly. I don't know a lot, but I know you won't hurt me. Amen. I don't know a lot, but with you I'm not worried. I don't know a lot, but you're always affirming. I don't know a lot, but I'm in for the journey. I don't know a lot, but I know of your mercy. Amen. 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 ministry and I wanted to read my power scripture but it's I'm going to read uh, more than just that one scripture it was it my power scripture is John 8 36 but I'm gonna start at 34 and it says Jesus replied very truly I tell you everyone who sins is a slave to sin now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. And I, tell, I read that because I was a slave to sin. I was a drug addict, an alcoholic. A whoremonger. I was a whole gamut. And the reason why I can stand here and say that boldly is because Jesus took my sin that was crimson red and, made, and washed me white as snow. Amen. He picked me up, turned me around, and placed my feet on solid ground. Amen. And I can truly say that the Son has set me free and I am free indeed. Amen. And when those demons try to come back to try and test me because there's a scripture in the Bible that says when your house is swept clean, those demons will go out and get seven more just stronger than he, and they're going to come back to see if they can consume that, that clean house. So you better fill it with something. And my house is filled with Jesus. So I'm here to tell whoever's out there in, in video land, he that the Son sets free is free indeed. 
you can get free. Yeah. Whatever that thing is of sin that has you bound, whatever those things are that you think you can't let go, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, God will set you free. Yes. And you will be free indeed. You don't have to worry about returning to that mess and that mud and that, that tar. I, call, I, I felt like I was stuck in tar. And the, the mighty hand of God reached down and grabbed me and pulled me out. Right. Turned me around. And as I said, put my feet on solid ground. And I can stand before all of you today and say, thank you, Jesus, for the family that he has placed me in. I love you. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Frida. Um, and um, I just want to read a small little something from this book that I found um, called He Loves Me. This book walked into my life. I was at the Goodwill. And um, I was at a point to where I wasn't really sure if my daughter's father and I was going to make it or be together. Like, we was at a real rocky place. And it's called, He Loves Me. And it's talking about God. And I know that God loves me. But at that point, I was feeling really low. And I was feeling rejected. And it was like, okay, so just to know that is not really strong enough. So in order to have this book by this guy named Wayne Jacobson. It really, I'm not finished reading it, but I'm more than halfway done. And um, it just really helped me think of, keep my mind on focusing on what's important, to continue to think about the love that God has for me. It's stronger than any man. And that's, that's just what I really needed to focus on. So it came in my life at a very good time. And the thing that I like about it is after every chapter, they have, it's um some questions that you can ask yourself or journal on for your personal journey. And then they also got some for group discussion. But there's um, a chapter where he was talking about the story of the prodigal son and he was going like deep in the prodigal son. Like, cause I remember pastor, we talked about that at one point. So that was a really good place for me to just, like when I got to that part in this book, it was just really eye opening. And like I said, right on time, cause I needed it personally for me. And um, one of the like series of questions that asks for your personal journey. Ask God to show you where you live less loved. What does it make you do? Do you run your own way like the younger brother or the prodigal son or work even harder like the older one? God wants you to know that there is nothing you can do to make him love you any more today and nothing you can do that will make him love you any less. He just loves you. Ask him to teach you how true that is so you can live in freedom. reflecting on how much everyone seems to be going through now. And sometimes, you know, when we go through, it seems like you go through one thing and, you know, they always say you're in a storm, going out of storm or whatever. But sometimes it just seems like in that storm, we have like a tsunami 
everything is just coming on. Sometimes it gets a little hard. And I thought about all of those burdens. And I'm sure, you know, if I went around the room, everybody could say, I'm this and this and this and this and that. And I found this um, by Pastor David Laurie. And he talked about the story of David and Goliath. And we all know about um, David and Goliath. David's father, Jesse, sent him on an errand to, because his brothers had gone to war, and Jesse wanted his, you know, he wanted um, David to take them some food. And so he arrived at the camp and he heard the voice of this oversized man just bellowing for somebody to come out and fight him. And, you know, it was the, the, the person's name was Goliath, and he was like nine feet six inches of just solid muscle. Mm. And nobody was willing to fight him but David. Now, the thing about this is Goliath, uh, was not just bellowing out to fight for somebody to fight them, the Israelites to come out and fight him, but he was constantly coming to their camp, taunting them. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we have those things that just come out and taunt us. So this is how giants are. They just come out, they taunt you, and they taunt you, and they taunt you, and when you give them an inch, they want to take them out. All right. So it says here, what he told us, what he says is, you might be facing some kind of giant in your life, such as a giant problem, a giant challenge, or a giant addiction. And as the days go by, your, your giant seems to get bigger and bigger, taunting you resentlessly. Relentlessly, I'm sorry. For instance, it may be a giant of fear, and no wonder it's easy to watch or read the news and become paralyzed with fear, especially with what's going on now. You may be fighting a giant of personal sin, a certain area in your life where you have fallen repeatedly and you just can't seem to get that victory. A giant, if you will, is anyone or anything that seeks to control you, hurt you, destroy you, or torment you in life. But the good news is that God is bigger than your giant. The key to understanding and seeing God as you ought to, then you will see your problems at, <clears throat> sorry, then you will see your problems for what they are. God is bigger than any giant we may be facing. And we need to hold on to that. You know, I, I heard the, the young man talk about just, he don't know much, you know, but God. Sister Carolyn said, but God. Sister Jackie said, but to God. And so we know if we hold on to him, we can do all things. Amen. And when, in the, you know, the night when you're crying or you're upset and you're just worried, you know, just talk to him and give it to him because he's bigger than any of that. I'm Sister Stephanie, and um, what I have is something that Lisa Turkhurst posted. Um, she is a writer that wrote several books. One of them I read, it is called, It Isn't Supposed to Be This Way. And as she's writing this book, she ends up going through a divorce. And so 
she continued with her book and everything, but that really put her in a spot to really share what she initially wanted to share was trusting in God. Um, and, and she had put on here, if you ever experienced an unexpected darkness, a silence, a stillness you aren't used to, or maybe you are used to, know that these hard times, these devastating disappointments, these seasons of suffering are not for nothing. They will grow you. They will shape you. They will soften you. They will allow you to experience God's comfort and compassion. You will find life-giving purpose and meaning when you allow, allow God to take your painful experience and comfort others. You will be able to share a unique hope because you know what it feels like to be them. It's okay to tell him you don't like any of this pain, sweet friend, but don't let the pain cause you to pull away from him or from others. Bring him all of your emotions, hand him every piece of your broken and hurting heart, and ask him to use all of this for your good, for the good of others, for his glory. And I picked a scripture that I wanted to share, which is First uh, Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ. Keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may re rejoice with exaltation. So, and we have studied how to suffer well. Amen. 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 Good morning, I'm Dana Chan. Good morning. So, I was sitting up there, I was like, I'm, I'm doing several devotionals, and I don't know, I don't know which one to do, but this one stuck in my mind this morning. Um, is the devotional about marriage, and it says evict the elements from your marriage. And I think it's not only it's not only about marriage, but it's also about relationship. So I'm going to read this, and it says there's a phrase for disregarding a big problem. It's called ignoring the elephant in the room. Imagine if a real elephant walked into your living room with your family, and you pretended not to notice a huge elephant of a problem wrecking havoc or a household blasting our ears with this trumpeting and assaulting our noses with this pooping and pretending it's not there. <laughs> the absurdity of it reminds me of a cartoon I once saw when an elephant is lying on a psychiatrist's couch and lamenting, sometimes even I can stand in the middle of the room and no one acknowledges me. Yet that's what we often do in our marriage, our relationships and families. And in my family of origin, we ignored the elephants and we knew not to say anything about them. We learned to pretend that everything was fine. We became the fine family. We put all our efforts into trying to look better than we actually lived. And we never addressed our real problem. We ignored the temper tantrums, the fights between mom and dad, the yelling and the cursing, the violence and the financial mismanagement poor work ethic, pornography, adultery, and hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Pretense. What a great strategy for success. If you don't talk about the elephant, you'll be fine, right? No. <laughs> Our elephants never went away, 
and we were not fine. We were deeply broken. I'm not attacking my parents or my family. Lord knows I'm not good enough to condemn anyone else. What I'm saying is that the pretense kills. Ignoring problems and being silent about them is a death sentence to a marriage or a relationship and to a family. My parents divorced when I was in middle school. This is the person. Um, our family pretense ruined my early life. And if you don't deal with it, pretense might ruin yours. How do you begin to evict your elephants? First, evict the elephant inwardly at the core. Pretense is rooted in self-deception. You have to say to yourself, I have a problem, and I'm going to stop pretending I don't. Second, you have to evict the elephant outwardly. You have to go to your spouse or your or, the, or your partner or your family and say, there's an elephant in the room with us, and we need to deal with it to have better, richer, and happier lives. Begin talking with your spouse about the problem, and you will be on your way to getting the elephant out of the house. But you need to take one more step to complete the process. Third, you have to solve the problem one shovel at a time. You must take action to change. And you have to work your way out of the consequences of your actions. They may feel daunting. Just focus on the one shovel full of follow at a time. The prayer. Lord, show me the elephants I'm ignoring in my life. Give me the conviction to name and confront them. The courage to bring them up with my spouse or my partner. And the power to remove the follow-up of them one shovel at a time. And the scripture that went with that, I think it's, it, it's uh, really apropos. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. That's, this is um, uh, Matthew. Make sure I go back. I'll get it. Yeah, Matthew. Is it Matthew? Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will measure to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take out the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And it, this really hit home because it is so easy for me to see the imperfections of what or what others do to me or how I was impacted by it, but it's very hard for me to see about how my actions impact them. Mm -hmm. And so that's that is the devotional that I got it. It's called the Second Happy, How to Make a Marriage Better Than Your Honeymoon. Mm -hmm. And the scripture that I read was Matthew seven, one through five. God is with us. 
blessed Redeemer, living Word. Jesus, loving Shepherd, vine of the branches, Son of God, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Lord of the Universe, Light of the World, Jesus. Loving Shepherd, Vine of the Branches, Son of God, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Lord of the Light of the world, Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living word. Amen. Amen. Let's get the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. It was such an awesome thing to hear everyone speak today. It was, I, I heard a reoccurring theme in today's exaltations and, 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 and the words that come from the people. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny that when the Lord gives you confirmation <clears throat> on what you need to speak about through the people. Amen. That's why we all a body. We listen to each other. One part of the body works off the other part of the body. And now we're at, as Kara would say, my turn. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, but you know what? Uh, so much has been said today. It's not going to be long today. Uh, and I always say that, I guess, but <laughs> but uh, I hope that you get something from this. Okay, let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Very familiar verses in Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, we're going to begin at verse 1, read through the first two words of verse 4. All right, and Steve's going to read loud and proud. All right, Steve, let's go to work. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, 
among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind, but God. Amen. 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 So you, you, if you really think about this, if you really think about this, think about how it goes. It goes like this. It tells us, and you were dead in your sin and, sins and trespasses and sins, right? Yep. And once you once walked, following the course of the, this world, following the prince of the power of what? The air. A spirit that's working what? In the sons of disobedience, right? In which we all once lived in the passions according to what? Our flesh and our desires. And we all have been there. But I just want you to pay attention to this passage because we always talk about being saved from sin. And we are saved from sin to a degree. But really, if you read that passage carefully, if we are children of wrath, we're not just saved from sin. We're saved from God. Who's going to save you from God? You think Superman can save you from God? You think your mother and father can save you from God? Because we all once were children of wrath. That means we deserved his wrath. Why did we deserve his wrath? We deserved his wrath because we were dead in our sins and trespasses. Not only were we dead in our own, but we were dead inherited from Adam. We were born in this state of being separated from God, being dead to God, spiritually dead to God. Even though our flesh is alive and walks, it's our flesh that causes us to sin, but it's more of the deadness in us that causes us to sin. Because we have no hope. So who's going to save us from God? Because in the wrath of God is his righteousness. What you should be worried about is not so much the circumstance you're in in the moment, but the eternal circumstance that you're in when you're separated from God. Everybody wants to be delivered from a circumstance. But don't understand the biggest circumstance that you're in that you need to be delivered from is your sin. Because the wrath of God is upon you. So there's, there's, there's a couple of words in this passage that we need to think about. And you. That should scare you to death. And you. That means you're about to be accused. And you. And then it says, it's not just you. The next two words is, we all. But then the last word gives us hope. But God. And you. What could you put behind and you? And you who was a fornicator? And you who was a drug addict? And you who was a liar, and you who were whatever you want to put behind it, you pick your own poison, but it was you. But then there's a common thing that we share in and you, and it's we all. We all walked according to this society, the culture, what the world says, the cosmos. We walk according to the world. And what the world had to offer us. And some of us are still walking according to the world because we get our cues from the world. Mm, come on. The world tells you what's in and who's out. The world tells you what to think, what to drink, what to believe. But the world never talks about Jesus. Even Jesus said in the scriptures that if you were friends with the world, you were enemies with God. 
And yet still the saint tries to compromise with himself, with herself, and forget. And you, and we all. Well, that means past tense. We all once. That means that there is something that has changed in us that we can reflect back and say, and us, we all, but God. But God is the point of the change. Yes. Amen. But God is the point of the, of, of, the, of the resurrection. To know the power of the resurrection that we talk about in Philippians 3, you have to get to the point where there's a but God moment. Amen. To walk in the newness of life because you're a new creature, you have to get past and you and we all. You have to graduate to the point where God is shining the light on you and through revelation of God, you have decided to what? You've decided to come to him and believe in him. So we got two issues going on. Even though it's and you and we all, we have to believe. Amen. It doesn't make no difference what you did. It makes no difference who said you did it and you and we all. But the way we have hope is but God, but what is the but God about? It's about believing. Amen. It's about believing. Go to John 3.18. Go to John 3.18. Just look at it for a second. And it talks about whoever believes in him, which is Jesus, is not condemned. So whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. Romans 8 and 1 tells us that there is no more condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. So if I believe, I'm not condemned. If I believe, the but God moment has taken root in my life. There's no more condemnation for those of us who are placed in Christ Jesus. But you can't be placed in Christ Jesus till you what? Believe in Christ Jesus. You got to get past your condemnation and understand that everything you need, everything you want is in Christ Jesus. And it has God has to help you believe because it even says that in, 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 in further down in the passage that the faith of Ephesians tells us that the faith is not our own, but the faith is a gift from God. But he gives it to us not by our works, but by our grace. The grace that he gives to us due to the fact that he went to the cross for us, he can establish grace and give it to us. Grace is not free. Because it cost him his life. But grace is given to you for free because you didn't have to work for it. And what you need to believe is upon the one who gave you the grace. But God, who's going to deliver this wretched man? Remember Paul said in Romans in 7, oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who can save me from this bondage of death? Who? Jesus Christ. Jesus has all of our answers to all of our problems, but you have to believe in it. And that's the part that you play. To get out of and you and we all, you got to believe. You have to decide in your mind that you have a renewed mind. You have to decide that it's true, he says, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus that's yours. You don't have to get it. You have to believe in it. And once you believe in it, you go to Romans 5 and 1, it tells us, that we are justified by the Father and that now that we're justified, we have what? Access. You have access. You don't have to get access. You have access upon the but God moment. God has given us this place in him that no one, no one can snatch us from him. When you got saved, 
all heaven rejoiced. When you came to Christ, when he revealed himself to you, and you said yes to the wonderful Savior, God placed his, the Holy Spirit in you and gave you a new mind and a new heart. You became a new creature. And because you are a new creature, you can walk with God and stand, stand and be a fellow heir to Jesus Christ. And now you can say, Abba, Father. Mm -hmm. But back when you were you <laughs> and we <laughs> and dead, we had no relationship with God. All right. All right. So 3.18 tells us that if we believe, we're not condemned. But then it tells us also if you don't believe as you sit right now, you're listening to me, and you might listen to the others, if you don't believe, you're condemned already. So what does that mean? What does that mean that you condemned already? What that means is, is that I don't need to condemn you. We don't need to walk around judging people. With Venus Red, it's like this. There's no reason to judge an already condemned person. Am I, am I not I'm right, Denise? Right. You are attorney, yes. She'll tell you, if you condemn, I don't need to judge you. So we don't judge people because we know it's their lack of belief that condemns them. But they can't believe unless God reveals it to them. Because a dead man can't believe in anything, but a live man can believe in everything. And when God quickens your spirit that you may believe and have this faith, you and then you choose not to, that's your choice. We it's mysterious how this thing called uh, uh faith and 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 choice and election work and predestination is too lofty for me. I know people try to explain it, but it's never efficient because the one thing it says you have to believe, but we know the belief comes from him, but we know that we can choose not to believe. But just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean it ain't there. See, that's our issue. We want to say because we believe or don't believe, we are the measurement of what's there and what's not there. We're measuring by the world. Our standards of our own standards. We become our own God. So we tell you what's God like. We tell you that God wants to love you. God wants to make you happy. God wants to do this and God wants to do that. And again, we forget that God wants to save us from himself. That's the part we miss. You want to do everything else and get saved. It's like you don't want to admit that God's wrath is part of his justice. It's part of his holiness. And God has gave us a remedy for his wrath is himself. Ain't that something? God gave us a, a remedy for his wrath that we deserve. And he said, you can't do it, Travis. You can't do it. You can do, you can come up here and do all the lyrics, do all the poems, but even that, it falls short of the glory of God. You need somebody that can handle my wrath. You, can, you need somebody to take your place because you can handle it. The lambs, bulls, and goats of the Old Testament was a shadow of what was to come. And what he did was he provided a ram in the bush for himself. The Bible's repeating the Old Testament. I'll provide a sacrifice for myself. Yeah. And that sacrifice is Jesus Christ, Amen. our Lord and Savior. Amen. He hung on that cross so you can have a but God moment. Amen. We're heading toward Resurrection Sunday, so we need to focus on the fact what was given to us in that moment. Because once we were, and once you all, and once we were walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the 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 people, the Satan, and all the things that happened, not only due to fall from Adam, but our own personal poison. 
And God looked down and said, I love them enough to give them a way of escape. But I'm going to have to go give it to them and be poured into a flesh and be poured into a sinful flesh, like flesh, but never sin, and be the perfect sacrifice for them so they can believe. Now, who wouldn't want to believe in a God that will die for you? Who wouldn't want to believe in a Savior that will give his son for you that you may live eternally with him? Who wouldn't want to believe in a Savior that reconnects you back to the life and eternal life? And godliness. Who doesn't want to believe in a savior that can heal you out of your sick bed? Who doesn't want to believe in a savior that can take a broken marriage and put it back together? Amen. Could take families that, that have went through turmoil and drug addiction and this, that, and the other, all the things that the world has offered, and somehow or another, the power of the resurrection will bring things together and bring people back together and reunite people and reconcile families back one to another. What kind of God do we serve? We serve that but God. Amen. Amen. You condemn because you don't believe. Okay. But because you believe, you're not condemned. Amen. Because you've been justified by his blood, you have access. You are a new creation. You have the mind in Christ. You have all these attributes that come from the fact that at one time you deserved his wrath. And now you get his love. You don't deserve it. He gave it to you. Because his son went to the cross for you. His son died for everyone in this room. But the problem is you won't believe. He even said to the nation of Israel. I would have gathered you up like a mother hen. But you would not come. It's like a blind guy leading a blind guy. The blindness of Israel were the Pharisees, the leaders, who could see but couldn't hear. And so many of us are looking when we need to be listening. Because the Bible clearly points out that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. And we can listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying right now. And each and every one of us, as we sit and we call ourselves a believer, we need to understand what God is doing in our lives today. Not only as individuals, but as a body of walking truth and a larger body of Christ. We need to be trying to get people saved. We don't know what this world has tomorrow. I was reading and listening to a story about a young lady who went to bowling and then she got killed at the bowling alley. She was a young thugs, one of his mother, kid's mother, and she went to the bowling alley with a friend to celebrate her birthday and got into an argument with somebody there. And that person waited outside for them and killed her on the spot. And her mother had to listen to her daughter's last dying breath. And she said, I didn't know that was going to be the last time I talked to my daughter. Now, sentimental as we are, we want to believe that she's okay. But if she did not believe, she was condemned already. We pray that she was, but only God knows and only she knows. But if, if as tragic as her accident was, we want to say, okay, Lord, that was so tragic, you're going to let her in. No, that's not how it works. You got to believe on this side, knowing that calamity is coming your way. It escapes me now, but there's a scripture that says, I cause calamity. God says that. And since God causes calamity, he has the answer for it himself. 
What do we have to do to get people to believe? What calamity is going to get you to understand? I figured out man's heart is so cold, as was said earlier. Man's heart is so cold. The cold within is so cold that no matter what the heat of your experience is, it doesn't get you to change. How many times have you said on your way to where you're at now, you know, Lord, I, if you get me out of this, I ain't going to do that no more. <laughs> and you, when you said it at the time, you were sincere, but he got you out so smooth. You figured, well, you know, he'll do it again and again and again. And he will, but the point of getting you out is that you may believe. And sometimes the point of leaving you in is that you may believe. Some of you are in the state that you're in not because uh, God's mad at you. He just wants you to believe. If you trust him, he'll either get you out or help you endure it. But you have to trust him. Read uh, 3.19. John 3.19. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. Their works were evil. This is the judgment that comes into the world. Men prefer this thing called the darkness rather than light, the cold rather than the heat, the, 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 the coldness of a heart rather than the love of God, because their deeds are evil. They're condemned because they don't believe. They don't believe because their deeds continuously everlasting are evil. Their heart is desperately wicked and distorted. They're, they are behavior driven. They're emotionally driven. They're driven by their passions. They're totally depraved. And yet what they want to do is measure their depravity next to somebody else's. But it all falls short of the holiness of God and what he requires. Man created religion as a way to, in his imagination, relate to God. But even the best religion falls short because we see Judaism eventually fell short because Judaism fell prey to the subjective man's thoughts. God's religion is holy. God's what he wants is holy. And we fall short. And the only way that we can get close to God and call him father is to come the way he said is through his son, Jesus Christ, because narrow is the way. No one can come to the Father unless they come through him, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And that's why we can say, but God, because he gave us Jesus to have our but God moment. Yeah. You're condemned because you don't believe in the way that God has given us to get out. Just that simple. We can do everything. Through Christ who strengthens us. But it's through Christ that strengthens us of what he did on the cross. You walk in the power of the resurrection and that's where you get your strength. You no longer have to put your head down before any man, any woman, any judge. Because God has said you are his child. You are fellow heirs to the throne of grace. You are fellow heirs to what is righteousness. God said that the body of Christ has treasures that's being built up in heaven that moth and rust cannot eat. That you don't have to worry about it perishing with this world because this world will perish and go away. But God and his children will live eternally. 
So when I think about Jesus and, and, and I think about what he's done for me, you know, I think about how far we've come as a body. And when I think about our humble beginnings, what I see is God and his providence weaving us together with the cords of love that cannot be broken. Yeah. And each and every one of you carries a cup of love for the next person sitting next to you. And Jesus changed our mind. Amen. Jesus changed our heart. Amen. And we walk in this thing called the newness of life. Amen. But is this life, is this life cushy? No. This life is even more dangerous than the life we left. In this sense, think about the level of sacrifice that we have to for the people who are not part of this body. He said that you should be willing to even give your enemy a cup of water. Think about how deep that statement is. I should be willing to give someone whose whole motive is to kill me some water. He said, if I called you to this purpose, go to that purpose with your head hanging high. Because even if giving your enemy a cup of water brings your death, it will never separate you from my love. Amen. Romans 8 tells us neither death nor life, no angel, no principality, no things present, no things to come can separate us from the love of death. No peril, nothing that can separate you. No sword. There's no calamity that you will beset upon you that will separate you and prove to you that you're not worthy. So you can't use what you're going through as a measurement and whether God loves you or not. What you know is that if I make it, I'm God, and if I don't make it, I'm God. I belong to God. I belong to God regardless because he said none of these things that I go through on this earth has any bearing on what I've done for you at the cross. Amen. He's done so much for you at that cross. So you can get past the and you and the we all and get to the but God. Amen. That's our journey. And you, we all, but God. God is going to save us from himself. And he provided a savior. His name is Jesus. He is our banner. He is our righteousness. He is our provider. He's everything that we need. He's everything for us to look to. He will continuously be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He will continuously show us the way. He will continuously give us a way and escape. He will continuously tell us, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. That we may have this peace that surpasses all understanding. Think about what that verse means. That verse means that your circumstances don't determine your peace, but your circumstances will prove out how much peace you got. <coughs> your circumstances do not determine your peace, mm -hmm. but your circumstance will prove out how much peace you got. So as you're going through the saints of God, and you come to that but God moment, you realize you're on the other side of, and you, and we all, you're on the other side of but God. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the people. Continue to watch over us and keep us as we continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, let us understand that we once were, but we're not anymore. Lord, we understand that we've all had our but God moment. Lord, we encourage those to have their but God moment. Because, Lord, you are our Savior. Watch over us and keep us. 
ever walk in this wicked world. More our God, our Savior, our Lord. Thank you, and we love you. We want to thank all those for listening around the world. We hope that you heard something that you can say. So we ask you, are you ready to come to Jesus? Are you, do you believe in this Christ that I talked about that is your Savior? And we always want you to perish, blessing, and peace. And what? Walk in truth. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App or PayPal. Continue listening. And your prayers are needed, welcomed and appreciated.